Hey everyone, it's your host, Dubs Weinblatt, here with the season two finale of Thank You for Coming Out. A few months ago, I received a really heartwarming and special email from a fan of the podcast, so I decided to bring her on as a guest, and we had a surprise lined up for her. Stay tuned to find out what it was. Thank you for coming Thank you for coming out. Welcome. My name is Dubs Weinblatt. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I am so excited to be here. In 2015, I founded the Queer Improv Show, Thank You for Coming Out, or TIFCO as we call it, and it is now one of the longest-running queer improv shows in New York City. During the show, our storytellers share their coming out stories, and then our improvisers bring them to life. Our podcast is a little different. We still have a storyteller share their stories, but instead of folks improvising, we talk about them. And this episode is a little different because we are recording during the COVID-19 pandemic, which means we are physically distancing, we're not in the same room, and we're not using our professional audio equipment that you might be used to hearing. So our audio quality is slightly off, but we are all doing the best we can with what we have. Uh, And I am so excited about our guest that we have with us here today. Kendra Lee, uh, she, her pronouns, uh, was born and raised in Denver, Colorado, but has also called Seattle and New York City home. She is a former theater director, playwright, current special educator, and future future social worker. She is the proud mom of a gray tabby cat creature. Kendra, welcome. Hi. How's it going? How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm hanging in there. It's um a weird time in the world and in life, but I'm staying at home in, with my parents right now, so that feels nice. <laughs> that is good. Um, so I... Um, did you bring, um, uh, something that reminds you of pride? I did. Awesome. I would love to know what you brought. Um, I brought my rainbow rings. So it's a necklace, um, a chain that has six little metal rings on it, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. Um, and I have the, these were given to me when I was really young. Um, I know because I wanted to wear them to kindergarten, Mm. um, but my mom, who is gay, she worked in the same school district that I went to school in, and she was not out at work. And so she told me I couldn't wear them in kindergarten. Um, and then when I was in high school, I wore them every single day. So it is pride, you know, like for the community, but also of my family and of the 10 years that passed in between those two events. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for sharing. Um so I, as I mentioned, I'm like, I'm in Texas, so I'm not in my home of what, which is like full of, um, pride stuff, but I looked down at my phone and I, rem- I re- realized that I have this like clear case that I keep stickers in. Um, and so I have a thank you for coming out sticker. And then I have my trans pride sticker. And then I also have life as a journey, not a destination. Oops. I'm covering it. Um, and I feel like all of these combined, remind me of pride tifco just because tifco um and the trans pride flag obviously but the idea of life being a journey and not a destination i think so much for queer people um at least in my experience i've always thought like there was somewhere to land or there was somewhere where you're supposed to end up and not really embracing the idea that things are ever evolving and shifting so it's just like a nice reminder that um nothing is static yeah that's nice especially now yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, well, I definitely have more questions about your necklace, but I will ask you those later because okay. I, you know, we all have multiple coming out stories. And so I would love to hear one, one of yours. Okay. Um, so March 10th or 11th, 2020, uh, I went and saw Jagged Little Pill, the musical. Um, and within the first act of it, I became pretty attached to um, Lauren Patton and or her character, Joe. And I know that that's when it happened because I remember in intermission um, looking up who sings you ought to know and being like, oh good, it's that girl. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, so I saw the show, I had a lot of fun. And afterwards I felt really exhilarated 
really alive um, and also really obsessed with this woman. Um, and I am a demisexual, so I don't have intense celebrity crushes. So this was new and different for me. Um, that same day, the school that I was working at at the time had closed down for three days of cleaning, which, as we all know, turned into five months. Um, and so I suddenly had this, like, so much time on my hands and this kind of obsession. Um, so I consumed a lot of media about her and found her episode of Thank You for Coming Out. Um, and I was grocery shopping when I was listening to it, maskless, because that's how early this was. Mm. Um, and um, there was a, like a little coffee shop in the grocery store. And at some point I wheeled my cart over there and just sat down and listened because there were all these things that she was saying about her process of realizing she was bi and queer that I, um, as I was listening, was going like, wait, me too, me too, me too. And I had had different justifications for those things. Like um, I've always dressed outside of the binary because I'm a feminist or like I've always been drawn to lesbians because I was partially raised by them. Um, and I guess just in the context of that conversation for the first time, I thought, wait, maybe I am queer. Um, and then I guess the second half of the story is that months and months later, I was listening to Brene Brown's podcast she had Glennon Doyle on talking about Untamed. Then I listened to Untamed. And then I listened to Glennon Doyle's episode of Thank You for Coming Out. And the two of you were talking about um, storytelling and the importance of it. And I realized that I had associated this whole process with specifically and only Lauren Patton. But that actually also this podcast, literally called Thank You for Coming Out, was mm -hmm. what helped me come out. It's what helped me realize that that was true about myself. Wow. That's, thank you so much for sharing. It's so powerful to hear um, the impact of the podcast, but also, also more generally, just the impact and the importance of storytelling um, is so real. And it's such a nice reminder. And I'm, I'm so grateful that you, um, that you, so you, you reached out, you emailed me, you emailed, thank you for coming out. Um, and shared that story. And I read it and was in tears. It just, it was so honest and so vulnerable. And um, I'm just so grateful that you reached out um, and, and, and that you are with us here today to share, because I think <laughs> a lot of people will relate, can relate to the story that you just shared um, of this idea of almost like making excuses for, well, I'm not this because of this and I'm not that because of this. Um, so anyways, okay. So I want to like, I want to backtrack and ask you some questions if that's okay. okay. Yeah. So, um, so it was in this, in this moment of watching Lauren and Jagged Little Pill. Um, I have so many questions about this. Um, and so I want to like, I want to hold that. And at the same time, talk about that. You mentioned that your mom is a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And so you had this pride necklace um, and had had a, a queer role model or, or someone that you could or that was visible to you in your life. Um, yes. Were there ever moments um, where. I guess. How do I ask this? Like that you were like, I maybe I am like like my mom. Or was it, or was it, or were those moments immediately met with, well, it can't be because of this instead. I'm just, I guess I'm just curious, like the, the thinking behind, you know, wanting to wear a pride necklace. Was it just for your mom? I'm going to stop talking now because I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, it's, it's funny. And one of the funniest things about this to me is that um, I, I went to an art school in Seattle where I felt like a weirdo for being straight and cis and like, why didn't this happen then? Or why didn't this happen when I found the theater community in high school? I have no idea. Um, and I had always said to myself that 
I never questioned my sexuality because I had always been presented with two options. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> and yeah. I know, I mean, I know that when my dad told his mom that they were getting divorced and why she asked if he thought I'd be predisposed. Um, and I don't know. I don't really know what I have to say about that. Just that, like, I feel like I don't really want to tell her because I don't want her to know that or to think that that's why, unless there's like a very great reason to tell her, but she's 95 years old. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't tell any of my grandparents anything about my, uh, at that point before everyone had passed away, my sexual orientation, I wasn't aware of my gender identity, um, stuff, I guess yet, but I, I, I totally, that totally resonates with me. Um, because it is one of those, like, I don't know how they'll react and I don't know. So I, that I feel that, and there have been other guests too, who, who have had similar experiences too, when it comes to grandparents. Um, so have you, have you had a conversation with your mom about this? Yeah. Um, initially I felt like I wasn't going to tell my parents, um, because I didn't feel like I wanted to come out, come out. Um, I think that my sexual orientation is the same. I just have a better understanding of it because mm. um, I've historically only dated people who at the time that I dated them were male identifying, but they were also not very masculine men. They were very sensitive artists, sad, very sad um, people. So, um, so at first I just thought, well, when I bring a girl home, then they'll know. Um, and then almost immediately when I, I moved home in March um, and I told my mom pretty much right away, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just sort of happened. Yeah. Um, and she had a very anticlimactic response. Mm. It's just kind of like, well, you know, we just want you to be happy. I love you no matter what. <laughs> I know. Thank you. So lovely. Yeah. I think part of what is so scary for a lot of um, queer people is that moment of not knowing how the person on the other side of the conversation is going to react. And so I know at least for me, like I built up so much what the reaction um, could be or what I thought it would be, or, you know, I wasn't sure. And then also felt, um, I don't know if I, if, if I would, for myself would use anticlimactic, but I think it was um, like a relief of like, oh, okay. I'm not like, cause so many people are kicked out of their homes when they come out to their parents. And so, right. you know, not that I, and I, and I ended up, I came out when I was in college. So I was already out of the house. And so I didn't have to worry about like that particular piece. Um, I'm very fortunate that my parents were paying for my college. So I guess that was also like a fear of like, are they going to cut off my tuition money or my rent money or like whatever it would be. Um, but, um, but that, but I'm glad that you were met with love and support. That's like the ultimate dream and goal. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that relief after telling my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I held off for a while because I don't have a good label for him. Um, and he's a very open-minded, open-hearted person, but just doesn't know a whole lot Mm -hmm. and so I wanted to be able to give him one word to help him understand but I don't have one um and then my main takeaway from that conversation was just how good and affirming it felt to have done it Mm, yeah and how has it been since you told him um we haven't talked about it again but (laughs) but it's I mean it's good Mm -hmm. It's such a um, uh, weird time to try to date and to like, um, like on the one hand, it's like the quiet I think has been helpful for a lot of people to kind of turn inwards and to do that introspective work. And at the same time, it's like when, when someone's ready to date or like see what's up, 
So it's also like, how am I going to do that? Yes. And I did ask myself at the beginning, I was like, are you really having a crisis or are you just bored? Cause you're in quarantine. Oh, interesting. Uh, it's true. It was happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, I giggle not because it's funny, but because I, I think that's such a relatable question that people are asking is like, is it, what is this? Like, why am I having these thoughts? And like, you know, um, and what is the, what is, what is like the severity or weight of them? Um, so you mentioned, you mentioned the word demisexual and I don't know that, um, everyone who's listening knows what that word means. And so, and, and also it might mean something different to, to each person who, who holds that identity. So I'm curious if you can share with us what that word means to you. Sure. Um, yeah, the way it was described to me is that a demisexual cannot have sexual attraction without an emotional connection. Um, I think that's a little bit simplistic because I can look at people and know that they are aesthetically attractive to me. Um, I can look at like celebrities or just people walking on the street and be attracted to them. I think the difference is if any of them were to walk into this room right now, any stranger um, and say like, Kendra, let's bone. That's not enough. Mm -hmm. Um, Or like another example that I have um, or the, so those two things are very closely tied to me. Um, Another example that I have is that, you know, I came out and then I was in quarantine. So I binge watched all of the L word Mm -hmm. and like a lot of people, I really liked Shane and Carmen, but for me, like the hottest scene for Shane and Carmen was when Shane walks up to Carmen in the club and answers all the questions that she wouldn't answer before. Like, you know, no, I never had a hamster, but I had a dog named rebel. And like, my mom was an addict and I love her very much like that, like vulnerability that was like fire for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thank you for sharing that. I think the, the definition that I've heard is just, is a slight variation on what you said, which is um, just switching out the word cannot with usually. So Mm -hmm. like a demisexual person, like usually cannot feel sexual attraction with someone unless there's also an emotional connection. Um, But yeah, I think that that emotional piece is so important for, for folks. Um, Did you watch the, did you watch the reboot of the L word? Oh yeah. And the weird web series in between. Um, What, what weird web series? (laughs) It's like, (laughs) it's like police tapes. Um, I feel like I don't want to spoil it, but also it's been so old. You know, um, police interrogation tapes post the season six finale. What? How did I not know this existed? This is on the internet? <laughs> yeah, it's on YouTube. And is it with the actual people from the L word? Like yeah. the cast? The cast? Yeah, and it answers no questions. It doesn't further the plot at all. It's very bizarre. <laughs> Whoa. I absolutely did not know that existed and I, my mind is blown and I need to go figure that out (laughs) and listen. Wow. 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 Um, Yeah. Um, Okay. So it's, it sounds like, so I know, so you did a deep dive on Lauren Patton and so you know Mm -hmm. that she was in fun home. Yes. Um, Did you see fun home when it was? I did. I saw it in Denver. Actually. I saw the national tour. Okay, cool. Um, were there any particular moments in Fun Home that spoke to you? At the time that I saw it? Either at the time that you saw it or or reminiscing back. No, not specifically Fun Home. I saw it with my mom and stepmom and they loved it. Mm, And um, my stepmom especially loved like, you know, changing my major. And she said that's that's what it was like. That's exactly what it was like. Wow. That's cool. I, um, I saw it and that's, I actually met Lauren because I saw her in fun home, um, when she was playing medium Al and tweeted at her, which you, you probably already heard the story when I, when she was on the podcast, but for everyone who hasn't heard the story, um, I tweeted at her asking her to come on. Thank you for coming out. And, um, she actually at the time wasn't identifying in, as part of the LGBTQ community. So she was like, well, I'm an ally. Can I still come on your show? And I was like, I'll admit, find a way. 
Uh, and that was the, that was how ally shows were born actually. Um, and then I just think it's so cool because then, you know, when, as she was being, as she was immersed in this, this medium of storytelling around other queer people gave her the sense of security and safety to come out too. And so it's just kind of like ties back to, um, the importance of storytelling and how our stories connect us and help create a sense of possibility about who, um, who we are and who we can be. Um, so would you say then, actually, let me back up and not ask you a leading question. What is your ring of keys moment? So, and for those of you who don't know, a ring of keys moment is an idea taken from fun home, um, where it's like, you see some, you see yourself in someone for the first time and it creates that connection and sense of possibility of, oh, I could be that person or, oh, I see myself in them. I mean, I think it was Lauren Patton's episode of your show. Mm. And then shortly thereafter, she published an article that was pretty similar and, and very good. Um, and that was helpful for me to have something written down that I could send to people <laughs> and say, look, yeah. look at this. This is what I was talking about. Um, I mean, I think that's it for me. Yeah. It's, it's such a, it feels like such a meta moment of like, um, her being in that, even though that the ring of keys moment is actually with small Al, but still part of that, right. That's that narrative. <laughs> um, so, so who, who all did you send the article to? Um, my friends. Mm-hmm. How did maybe be some family? How did, how did your friends react when you shared with them? Um, I have, well, I have a lot of queer friends who for the most part said, congratulations. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I'm so happy for you. Um, I had, I have one who, who told me my story was beautiful, um, which is part of the reason I'm here because I hadn't necessarily thought of it that way, but they did. And that meant something to me. Um, yeah, that's really special. Yeah. It's like those, those, the power of language I think is so important, is so important. And I'm not saying anything revolutionary, of course, but it just, I'm reminded of it so often of the power of, um, affirmations from, when, from folks that we trust and that we look, look to, um, as part of the people in our corners, um, which is actually reminding me of a, um, I just talked about this with one of our other guests too. Um, so, so obviously you're a Brene Brown fan. Yes. Um, so, you know, to have you read Daring Greatly? Yes. Um, so like talking about being in the arena and um, the, the little like one inch by one inch paper that she has, that she keeps like the, like the amount, the number of names that she can fit on that paper are like the people who will provide her like the honest, real, genuine feedback and no one else's feedback matters. Um, yeah, I can feel like I'm going on a tangent here, but I guess the point, the point of all of this is, is that I'm glad that you have someone who, it sounds like that person maybe would fit on your like one inch paper. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm hope to not be putting words in your mouth. Yeah, I think that's true. Okay. Also, it doesn't have to be, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um just that I, I guess it's, uh, let me figure out how, what I'm trying to articulate. I guess it's, there were so many moments where I was like testing the water or sharing things that were, that I was like testing out or like um, wondering about when it came to my identity and more times than I care to admit, I, the people who I would share that with, I, I was met with um like doubt or more questions or whatever they did put me in the shame spiral of like, Oh, well maybe I shouldn't be thinking about that or am I wrong? And it really had me question um, just everything. And so I love to hear stories. And and I think that that, that um, kind of caused a, like a delay or a lag in me in my development, I guess, because I took so seriously what other people said and thought and kind of put what I felt in the backseat, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 
I'm on a tangent. I'm sorry. Let's refocus. <laughs> so <laughs> what is your favorite thing that Brene Brown has ever taught you? Oh, Um, I don't know if this is the favorite thing she's ever taught me, but I wrote down the um, FFT, mm-hmm. the effing first time. Um, I actually wrote down the kid-friendly version because I, I work at an elementary school. Mm. Um, and I wrote that down mostly for the team the day we started a new behavior plan for, for a kiddo. Um, but then also because it's posted and because it's I took out the bad word. Um, we point to it for the kids too. It's like new is hard. It yeah. won't be hard forever. It will be hard for a while. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, a company that we can do hard things. So yeah, that's, I'm cheering that, chanting that at them every day. <laughs> yeah. It, um, that is such a great, like takeaway from Brene of the, the shitty first draft or the, the fucking first draft or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> because it or time what is it fft for fucking what is it fucking first time yeah 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 it yeah. is it, like it's one of those things where it's like intellectually i think a lot of us know that but like to have it framed in that way and to be reminded that that you're not alone in that and that it's so normal um i think it's just so helpful mm-hmm. um, and then she, she likes to name things too, name emotions and that's yeah part of that and that's very helpful um for sure um so what was your what was a a cool takeaway from uh untamed um well what's coming to mind first which actually came to me very late in the process of hearing it is that um, her family is like mine. Mm. And I, I don't meet a lot of people like that. Um, I have met kids who have only same-sex parents and then there's kids with heterosexual parents, but there's not a lot of kids who have both. Um, my dad is still in my life, always has been. So I have two stepmoms, one on each side. Um, and I, I wanted to buy the book for my mom's birthday. And then I ended up listening to it first and, and I did give it to her and I was happy to, and, and how proud I am of her for, for being so strong. And for, I mean, 1995 was a whole different scene. She had a therapist who told her not to tell anyone she was gay or, or they would take her kid away. Mm. Um, and so, so anyway, just like, about modeling for your kids by being brave yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And, um, and the cheetah story in the beginning, I'm just struck by that too, that like the, you know, the voice for the cheetah is that, is that Tabitha was crazy, but she's not crazy. Like the Savannah does exist. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That the cheetah story is so powerful. Um, And again, again, like, you know, Glennon sharing her story is then creating a sense of belonging for other people who don't get to see their narrative, um, which is so important too. Um, And I, I, gosh, I'm so sorry that your mom was told that. That has to be just so tough. Um, I can imagine. Yeah. Do you ever, um, and you said that she wasn't, she wasn't out um, when she was teaching. Right. So that's why you weren't able to wear the necklace. Yeah. She was a psychologist. Okay. So, ha- but it just takes one parent to say, you know, she can't be alone with little girls. And then absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, have you like, cause you're, you're a teacher now. So is there ever, are there ever thoughts of um, like, I guess like, how will you handle your coming out? Like as a teacher, like how has that come up in, in school now or just curious how that how it's playing out um I'm actually I'm a paraprofessional um I just say that because I have not done the work to get a teaching degree but Mm -hmm. um it's interesting 
So the school that I work at now, there's a group of fifth graders who advocated for themselves to have a safe space to talk about their sexual orientation, gender identities and, and have it this year, which I think is amazing. And I, um, have been trying to remember what I knew about myself in fifth grade. And I think it's not much. And so I think like the conversation in society is opening it up so that kids are able to have labels for themselves or understandings of themselves younger and younger. Um, and I think it's important. Um, I don't talk about my personal life to my students at all, Mm -hmm. but I don't know, to be, I I came across an Instagram for a a speech pathologist who is, I think she calls herself unconventional or something, but, but like, that's her whole thing is that she's, she's just as true to herself and that kids need to see that. Um, especially in like public education, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think it's important. Yeah. And especially to, um, especially right now, um, in the, with the way that the government is and the messages that are being sent from the government and like, you know, the people who are supposed to be protecting us, um, having other sources of that is so important. Um, someone is, uh, we're just going to pause real quick. Someone's trying to get into the, my, this zoom. So hang on a second. Let me figure this out. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm surprised. (laughs) How are you? Good. I'm excited to be here. Um. I thought it would be very fun to have Lauren pop in and chat with us for a little bit, just because I know how special it is for me to be able to share with folks who have impacted my life so dearly and deeply uh, for that opportunity. Hopefully you feel the same way about having the opportunity. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) How has your convo been going? How are you feeling? Um, good. I forgot. I, I forgot that we're doing this thing, which is good. That's helpful because I was nervous. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's intense to really go into it in this depth. I was Dubs's first podcast guest and they know me very well, but still it was really, it's an intense and beautiful experience to actually really talk about it at length in a safe space for the first time. I know it was the first time for me really when I went on the podcast. So. Yeah. I felt, um, imposter syndrome when they asked Mm -hmm. me because it's been seven months. I've felt zero oppression. Um, and but then and what I said was like, that makes me feel like I should say yes. <laughs> so here I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, oh, kitty cat. That's creature. <laughs> My friend. Oh, what a good kitty. Um, I mean, it's interesting. I think I relate to that a lot um, it, because um, in a lot of ways, because I came out certainly not late in life, but I, I wasn't uh, a teenager and it wasn't uh, something that I always knew about myself. Um, growing up, it felt very vulnerable to talk about it and to uh, be in a public space talking about it because it felt like, well, it's not enough. Um, and you can feel that both with external stuff and also just internally, like the imposter syndrome that you're talking about. Um, but I, I think it's important to talk about it because I think that there's a lot more folks out there who relate to that than we acknowledge. There's a lot of folks out there who I I don't think feel empowered or worthy enough to, um, 
acknowledge or claim their queerness. Um, so I think it's really cool that you said yes anyway and didn't wait until you felt more valid or something because you are valid to be talking about it. Yeah. Is anyone else flipping out right now? This feels so cool. <laughs> this is so cool. I feel like I'm having an out-of-body experience. <laughs> I text I texted Bobby. I was like, this is cool, right? He's like, oh my God, yes. <laughs> um uh I, uh, I just want to, I'm, I'm this, I've never facilitated something in this particular way before. So I'm also kind of like, what do we do now? But um, <laughs> Kendra was sharing um, not only just like the power of seeing you in Jagged Little Pill and then hearing us on the podcast, but also the article that you wrote mm. um, yes. was powerful. Actually, do you want to share with Lauren what you shared with me? I don't need to, to tell your story to her. The whole thing? See- no, 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 just the, just the part about the article. Um, oh, well, it was nice because I feel like there's a lot of overlap between the podcast episode and the article, but then the article was written down and I could send the link out to my friends to say like, yeah, this is what I'm feeling. This is what mm-hmm. I am talking about. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, that's really meaningful to hear because I, I think of, I know that when I first started writing it, I was writing it for me because I needed to have my thoughts out about it and all of the many different things that I was feeling around what is my identity and and what does it mean to come out when it's new and um, what does it mean to navigate both queer and straight spaces with this particular identity. And um, so when I first started writing it, it really was for me without even thinking about publishing it or something. Um, And then as I continued to write, it felt increasingly important to me to publish um, because I I know that I've had those experiences too with other people's writing, that there is something when somebody is able to voice what you feel uh, in in a clear and concise way that's on a page it can sometimes be so helpful to be able to just as you were saying just send it to people and say like this is how I feel or this is what I am going through right now um and so it means a lot to me that that helped you in any way um yeah (laughs) um we were we were talking about um Brene Brown and Glennon Doyle and also just like thinking about at least when I read um, Untamed by Glennon and just uh, it's so it's so wild I'm gonna figure out how to I'm gonna figure out how to weave all this together so I'm gonna back up and I'm gonna say when you came on to thank you for coming out uh, Lauren the the live show um, you shared basically one of the stories that you shared was that, that regardless of the identities that you hold, we all have things that we have to work through and that that's what connects us essentially. Yeah. Um, and so that's like this. And then this is when I was, before I read Untamed, um, I wasn't, it was, it's posed as like a book to empower women. Right. And I was like, I don't know that I'm actually going to relate to this because right. I am not a woman. Right. And so in reading it, what, and she does specifically name the experience of being a woman, but she also writes in a way that was so um, universal that I was able to see myself in so much of what she wrote. And it was so empowering in that way. And so I just love that there are, so even when, even when, you know, you're writing things about specific identities, the, there are themes and there are universal universalities or something yes. <laughs> <laughs> of, um, that that connect us on I just think that's so powerful and it's so cool yeah I mean I think that I think that's actually really important to look at with artistic representation too because of course there is something really incredibly special about somebody writing about a lived experience or an identity that you specifically have to to see that really seen um, of course there's, there's a really specific beauty to that Mm -hmm. um 
Yeah. But also if, if the only reason that we ever created anything artistic was only to speak to very, very specific identities and it wouldn't matter or resonate or mean anything to anybody else, that would actually be really limiting. And so I think it is so important. Um, and as I think what, you know, we were referencing when I first came onto the live show, what I was talking about was that um, while telling queer stories is enormously meaningful for queer people and necessary, part of also why it's necessary is because queer stories are just human stories. Mm-hmm. And people who aren't queer can see themselves in queer stories. And that is actually enormously powerful for um, stopping the cycle of like othering and otherness, you know, um, because in reality, it's something that we all can really relate to because it's just human. And so I think that's so important to point out that it's like the, the, the breadth of artistic representation is so important. Yeah. Um, okay, Lauren, uh, any updates or what have you learned since either the article coming out or the, ep- or, or you coming on the podcast oh, last yeah. summer, any kind of updates for us? And that's so also like, things. yeah. So many things. I mean, you know, I still use the same identifiers, like bisexual and queer still feel um, that they describe me. Um, Being a woman still feels that it describes me, but within that, there's been a lot of shifts and explorations. Um, A lot of that has come down to gender presentation, a lot of play and exploration with that, that's been really fulfilling. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I think that the biggest thing that I've been sitting with and that feels so present in my life is, is it's just, even though I can use the same words and the same identifiers, um, that doesn't mean that they mean the exact same things to me that they did when I first started using them. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> and, uh, and that there is openness for the possibility that other identifiers might come in as I get to know myself better. I have no idea. Um, but I, I think that it's been really vulnerable and also very exciting to feel, um, to really feel the fluidity and the process that is having a queer identity (laughs) and it's not Mm -hmm. it's really never cut and dried and it doesn't ever feel like it's um stops evolving or my understanding of what that means to me and how I who I am and how I present myself to the world um is static uh which is why I think you know which is why I think it's actually really cool and important you know Kendra that you're on here and that you're talking about it because it's not like just because I have been out for a longer period of time doesn't mean that I feel like, yep, no, this is it. I know exactly who I am. Nothing changes now. This is the identity. I have it all figured out, done. Um, it still feels very new in some ways to me and in process. And, and I think that that's a lot of folks. So I'd say that's kind of the big, the biggest update is that it's all still shifting and changing. Yeah, that's such a a real, an important thing for people to understand that it is ever evolving. Um, Mm. um, Kendra, do you have any questions you wanna ask Lauren? I know I sprung this on you so you didn't have time to prepare, but have you, anything you've you've ever wanted to ask? Now's your chance. (laughs) God, I'm here, I'm here. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, I mean, I feel like once I thought I would make you sing Spring Awakening, but I'm not going to make you do that here. Honestly, I would have to review. I'd have to review. I feel like I know other songs in the show better than I even remember the songs that I actually sang in the show now. That would take a review review process. Awesome. Um, well, I, any, any last minute, anything's Kendra before Lauren leaves us. Congrats on the Tony nom. 
Yeah. Thank you. Congrats in advance for the Tony win. <laughs> I knocked on wood for you. <laughs> I'm very superstitious. <laughs> no, I thank you. I mean, I still don't fully understand what happened um, with you and or Joe, but I feel like you were a guide that I was supposed to see and and learn and and see the last show before you guys shut down and before everything shut down and and I'm happy I'm grateful to be here thank, thank you. you for coming here to this oh. zoo almost there every yeah. conversation every conversation I ever have with dubs that ends up happening at some point because right? <laughs> um that means a lot to me because um it's so interesting because particularly with um you know you saw did you see you saw the last show that we did right before the show? I did um, I mean it's such a meeting you and um having you share that with me it's it's a huge reminder and not just for artists but I think just as we walk through our world and our lives that your head can be in so many different places and you don't recognize the impact that you're having on another person because um and what you might mean to that person just by living your truth, you know? Um, because that day, of course, we, everything was swirling around the theater of COVID and are we going to shut down? What's happening? There's so many other things going on backstage. Um, and you can forget that, you know, it's, it's not just about the opening nights and the XYZ big important shows, but it's the day-to-day running of, of the show. And, and it's, in a non-artistic way, it's just the day-to-day going about your life that living as truthfully as you can, um, we don't often recognize what that actually means to other people. And so it, it actually means a lot to me to hear that from you, knowing how crazy it felt backstage right before the shutdown and COVID hitting New York and everything. But to know that um, whatever our, you know, our being able to be on stage, being able to share our story with you, being able to share my story with you, um, still had that impact, you know, and I think it's, it's a beautiful reminder for all of us of, of just who, what we can, how we can connect with people without even necessarily knowing it at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Lauren, thank you so much for being here and obviously for coming out. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you're a wonderful friend. Love you. I love you. Thanks, Lauren. Of course. Thank you for having me. Kendra, it's so nice to meet you. You too. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to your episode and hear all of it. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, all right, y'all. Bye, friend. Bye. Bye. so (laughs) um how'd that feel oh my god it took a long time to sink in (laughs) for sure for sure I I wasn't well I I got the idea and I asked her and she immediately was like yes please that's amazing um and then I and then I kind of had this like quick thought of um you know not everyone wants to meet the people that they, you know, look up to and not everyone knows how to interact with like their celebrity people that they, so hopefully it wasn't too much of like a, oh man, but more of like a, seems like it was a positive. No, very amazing. An hour (laughs) ago, I said that I was obsessed with her. So that's (laughs) how she knows what I look like if I show up. Oh goodness. I know you're just hopefully joking. Yeah. Um, All right. So I, um, any anything else that we didn't talk about that you want to bring into the space before we move into our last segment? Um, I mean, we we talked about this and said this, but I I think um, to reiterate that I have a friend that when I told her, she said that straight people tend to think that coming out is a like an aha moment, a realization, and she said that she thinks for most people it's just a slow understanding of yourself like a dawning um and that was very helpful for me to hear and I've heard it from other people since um and that's definitely was my experience yeah yeah that's a really important um 
I think that that's, I think that's like the beauty of it. I think that everyone experiences coming out and coming into themselves in different ways and like, and to know that there's no right or wrong way to do it is really powerful. Um, so I'm glad that you brought that into the space again. Um, okay. So I'm going to move us into our last segment, which is the rapid fire quick questions. Um, no right or wrong answers. Everything's just for fun. Um, and just say the first one that comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. Ready. Okay. Pencil or pen? Pen. Acting or singing? Acting. Dogs or cats? Oh, I have to say cats. Creatures right here. <laughs> um, beach or mountains? Beach. Meat or veggies? Meat. Bagels or donuts? Bagels. Nice. Good one. Uh, train or plane? Train. Sweet or salty? Salty. Coke or Pepsi? Root beer. <laughs> Fair. <Coke. laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Night or day? Ooh. Night came to mind. Okay. And favorite kitchen item? I love my rice cooker. Okay. Great. Um, Kendra, this has been such a lovely conversation with you. Thank you. I, I just really admire the, um, you just saying yes to this. Are you an improviser at all? No. Um, no. Just, just that mindset of you saying, this is scaring me. I don't know if this is right, which is an indication that I probably should do it, which is like <laughs> very improv feely. So just like really grateful that you um, took the leap and came on here with us. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, so thank you for coming out. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you for coming out. Hey, it's Dubs Weinblatt, your host of Thank You For Coming Out. Thank you so much for listening with an open heart and an open mind. Please subscribe to our podcast on the platform of your choice. And don't forget to rate and review us. It really helps.